Welcome to the Finding Union podcast. This is a co-creation of divine guidance, ineffable intelligence, and the human identities of the bringers of change to activate a remembering within humanity with the information shared. The topics and the words spoken in these episodes will allow for the activation within each individual to create a deeper connection with others, self, and ultimately creator. Bringing new perspectives, this podcast will trigger a greater understanding to what the human experience's purpose is. As you continue to listen to these conversations, you will be activated into purging the falsities of your mind, allowing your identity to dissolve, bringing more authenticity into your daily life. Here you will receive universal downloads, consciousness, and a place of remembering the true love of unconditional source connection. Thank you from all spaces throughout the universe for allowing yourself to connect deeply with the information being shared. Here is your host, Conduit of Universal Truth, Danielle Butler. Welcoming today's guest, Jules Utiki, who is a shamanic guide and a beautiful brother of mine, soon to be roommate. And I'm so excited not only to have him on the Finding Union podcast, but for all of our co-creation to come. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today on this episode. Oh, it's an honor and a privilege, privilege to be here and to spend some time talking about beautiful experiences and wisdom and knowledge with my beautiful soul sister. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. I feel that. Mm. So I'd really like to jump straight in and ask you what it is that led you to shamanic work. Beautiful. Um, it's been quite a journey. Um, I experienced a lot of early childhood trauma and uh, lack of nurturing and support, a lot of criticism. And by the time I was kind of nine, I just started to split away from my, my parents. And yeah, I just found solitude and um, and some kind of nurturing in my friends. And I spent a lot of time away from home and I didn't feel like there was a real home to come back to. And um, God bless my mum, she did the best she could with what she had, Um, but it definitely wasn't what um, a child would need. Um, Even though I know I chose my experience to learn all the things that I've needed to learn along the way, um, it was was tough. Um, By the time I reached kind of I had my first cigarette at nine. By the time I was 13, I was smoking cannabis. And then a couple of of years later, I was smoking heroin on top of um, my marijuana. And I had no idea what heroin was at the time. And it wasn't until actually a year later when um, I chose to go without it for a a night and got super sick. Um, So that was kind of the lead into probably the next... 10 years up until 25 and there was, you know, um, copious amounts of drugs and, um, you know, that kind of behavior. And, and then I reached a point, a breaking point, um, at 25 and, and knew I had to get clean. Um, when I got clean, I had, uh, 
was just learning really to land in my body for the first time and and um, it was quite an experience because everything was somatized and I felt things very differently to how other people did and uh, I needed a lot of therapy um, just to be kind of held and grounded because um, I was quite up there in the in the clouds and and so this journey started of you know being mirrored you know that's what I really needed I needed mirroring I needed someone to hold space for me and actually reflect back what it was I was experiencing because I had actually no real idea of what was going on and it wasn't um, <clears throat> long into my journey when I started experiencing all these physical ailments and um, you know, some of them led me to doctors and I'd, you know, I'd go into the doctor's office and say, oh, you know, I'm experiencing this and it's, you know, it's, it's got to be this. And I, you know, had all this kind of hypochondria and, and, um, you know, they would say, well, we've done all these tests and there's nothing wrong with you. And I was like, Fuck, you know, I'd walk out just going, I know something's not right. My spirit was telling me that my body was telling me that my mind knew that even though it was a little bit crazy. Um, and so that started a journey of um, really a lot of experiential work, um, you know, sitting with those parts of myself. It took a good five to ten years to even really be able to go inward and stay inward because it was quite a journey. Um, but I had some beautiful uh, therapists who I, you know, I'm still in contact with today that, you know, were able to kind of guide me on that journey and, you know, um, hold space for me to go inward and experience these parts of myself and, and start to unpack all the, start to uncover, you know, um, all the, the stuff that was buried from my childhood. And, you know, that led me into a lot of different things. I did a lot of group therapy. I did a lot of experiential kind of Hakomi therapy. I did a lot of somatic therapy. Um, I did a lot of 12 step meetings cause that's what I needed at the time. Um, so this, this whole thing about coming back into community cause I was so cut off. Um, I felt cut off from everything, from spirit, from the earth, from my peers, from everyone. I just felt alone. Um, and so that journey of kind of coming back and connecting with other people was a really big part of me starting to see myself in everyone. You know, like I just lived in this bubble where <clears throat> I thought everybody thought the way I did. I thought everyone was the way I was, you know, even though we had these slight differences, there was, I was always seeing other people the way I saw myself. And, you know, that's a journey in itself to really, you know, start to see, oh, like, what am I projecting here? Like, what am I seeing out there? Cause that's just a reflection of what's happening in here. And, and then really owning that and really understanding that, you know, that's a part of who I am and, you know, learning to, you know, heal the wounds within rather than focusing outwards. And there was a lot of judgment because that's where I came from, you know. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that really, when I started working through a lot of the somatic stuff, <coughs> I, I landed into, you know, a lot of inner child work. I mean, if it's, if that's, that's really the crux of what got things going when I started to understand that there was this energy, this consciousness inside of me that was a younger version of myself that was still looking for mum's love and still looking for dad's love and still, you know, um, looking for validation externally and, 
you know, all these different things that those aspects of myself were doing and that no one was coming. <laughs> you know, no one was coming to save me, no one was coming to rescue me and it was my job to actually reparent myself. And, you know, my 12-step work led me into Adult Children of Alcoholics, which is a, you know, 12-step fellowship for basically for anyone who's really experienced trauma. Um, it's not really about the alcoholism of the parents. It's actually about the codependency and um, the lack of nurture that we receive. And um, that was a beautiful experience and, and quite a journey in, in really seeing those traits within myself that were quite generic to, you know, other people. And, and that brought more of a sense of community and understanding and, you know, that oh, I'm not alone, you know, like just kind of healing those wounds and, and then, um, you know, I started to move into, uh, away from that kind of 12-step um, um, journey when I, I, um, I had a, uh, I tore a disc in my back and that, um, that torn disc took about a year to experience and I ended up on all these pain meds and it was quite a, um, quite a challenging journey and, uh, I ended up having to have major surgery on, on my lower back, my L4, L5, and they, they fused that, pulled the disc out, and I was on so much medication when I went in. The pain meds didn't work when I came out, and it was just I, I kind of lost my ability to work in my business, which was landscaping, and and my whole world changed, you know, in a matter of a few months. And... That was quite a, a journey, especially with, with two young kids as well. That was that was very kind of challenging. And and I found myself having to go bankrupt. Like I lost the car. I had the nice sports car. I had the brand new truck. I had all my tools, like all the stuff, you know. And and I watched it all drive up the street one day and it was, I just felt like it was the end, you know. But actually it was really the beginning. Um, and um, I, I just... I knew I was kind of sensitive to spirits and stuff because I'd experienced some, some minor things in my childhood um, and, I, and I have been quite open and um, during the process of me uh, healing my back after surgery and I got to a point where I couldn't actually um, take the pain meds anymore because they literally weren't working and... Um, I reached a point where I was like, okay, what do I know? Like what I just had to go into the deepest, you know, wisdom that I could gather at that moment. And it was, okay, well, I just got to love this part of myself. You know, that's all I got. And, you know, I remember lying in bed this particular day and I was just loving this, like just sending all this love to my lower back and just allowing this, um, you know, pain to just, absorb some love and soften and shift and and it started to move and it was like moving my body and I'm like oh finally like I'm getting somewhere and then this energy just came with it and it came up and it came out of my head and it was hovering around me in the room and I'm like holy shit this is not what I was expecting and so that really led me into um, my work in the spirit world and and understanding that we have these energies and attachments that kind of come in, especially during drug addiction or any kind of trauma, really, um, even just walking down the street if we're not careful, um, that, you know, um, can attach themselves to our consciousness. And, and so 
um, that kind of really scared me. It, it brought up a lot of trauma and um, I was quite impacted by that. And so that really forced me into seeking help um, from people that I, you know, um, trusted and... You know, that was like, okay, well, now it's time to start learning how to protect yourself. And I just felt like I had no, no part of me was able to actually protect me, you know. And that was due to my experience growing up as a child where I felt like I had no boundaries. There was a lot of enmeshment with my mum. And, and so I was very open, like completely open. And I felt like I had no barriers around me to kind of protect me around this stuff. And, and so I started on the shamanic path and um, I went down a, a journey of, of plant medicine and, um, you know, I sat with plant medicine, Mother Ayahuasca, a couple of times. And um, the second time I sat with her, I had a full Kundalini awakening and it just blew my crown open and I just completely connected to spirit and I had all this energy coming through and it was a real um, eye-opening experience and... And that was really the beginning of, of where I kind of have been leading back towards. You know, I was kind of showing what I needed to be showing in the time. But then it was like, now you've got to do the work, you know, because that was just, you know, we can have these medicine experiences where we have these beautiful, profound experiences. But it's really like integrating that into daily life and really embodying what it is we learn in those experiences. And, and so that was a really big impacting point and um from there I, I i just knew that i had a lot of really heavy stuff that needed to be cleared and there was a lot of energies that were attached to me that that i needed to let go of and remove and and so it was this huge process of doing a lot of shamanic work i, I started doing my shamanic training with with one tribe healing and um, that was a super powerful experience. I did level one and two with them and then I did level three and four and did my practitioner training and and then went back and did give back, take back, which is really about like giving back all those energies that we take on from our parents in, in those younger years and and taking back and reclaiming our innocence and our power and, you know, our joy. And, and so that was quite a journey. Um but there was still quite a lot of, of inner work to do past that point. And, um, you know, I've been on this, this shamanic, deep shamanic journey, I guess, for the last four years now. And um, there's always stuff to learn, you know. So um, I guess that's probably the crux of it, you know. And I guess through the process of doing all of my own work, I've... I've um, really want to share this with other people. So I support people in, you know, doing inner child healings or, you know, clearing entities or past life stuff. Um, yeah, because I, I found myself when I was doing this inner child work that I'd say hello to these parts of myself, you know, because I, I learned to communicate with these parts of myself, which were, um, you know, something that I could possibly share a little bit later. But, um, I'd say hello to these parts and I'd be like, oh, this part doesn't really like me, <laughs> you know, and, and I'd feel these energies and I'd be like, hang on, this isn't my child, you know, and, and what I learned through that experience is, is you know, the inner child, these subconscious parts of ourselves, um, they work in the spirit world, you know, they're so open and, and they, they bring in energies to protect them when they're, when, you know, when we're younger, that we when we can't protect ourselves, and these energies stick around, you know, and so 
um, the journey of like doing the inner child work led me into the shamanic work basically. And yeah, it's been quite quite a journey. It's yeah, it sounds like it. There's like so many parts there that I'm like, oh, I could unpack this, I could unpack that. The pieces that I feel are really relevant for people to hear that um I know that you have had personal experience from what you just shared, but I don't feel there's enough information around entities and the dark shadow attachments and different things we can pick up when we go into altered states of consciousness. So when you're somebody who has struggled with addiction um, and you're using any mind altering substance, whether it be like, um, you know, a, a, a traditional drug or um, medications or um, even plant medicines um, and or, or any state where you're going into a place where even if you disassociate from trauma. So I know like when you disassociate from trauma through a traumatic experience and you're triggered and your mind goes into an altered state of sort of splitting, you open your energy field for then having these attachments and entities coming in. What I found interesting is you know, you, I guess you are altering your consciousness from like a young age, like tobacco smoking is still a way of altering your energy field. How, how many different like energies on, did you have with you that you've had to like move through and clear? Um, and how, how, what does that process look like? Yeah. Well, interesting. I mean, there's, there's been so many, like so many, um, I've needed a lot of help from other people to really clear a lot of the stuff that I, that I was carrying, which, you know, a lot of it wasn't just from this lifetime. You know, we have these experiences in past lives and parallel lives. And I mean, they're all parallel lives really, because time's an illusion. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, I guess with any kind of, um, medicine trauma like we we open ourselves up you know we put something in our system and it changes our consciousness and it opens our field and sometimes we even put holes in our field and you know spirits and energies do come in i mean we are working with plant medicines at times that there's a spirit of that plant so that spirit is coming into your experience you know so you're opening yourself to a spirit you know so it's it's really important to understand how that works and and know that you know um i don't i don't i don't do anything without putting protection around me these days you know which you know can be as simple sometimes as simple as just you know sending my cords down into mother earth really anchoring into the earth and sending my my cords up through my soul sire into source and pulling that down and 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 drawing that energy in sending love and gratitude to myself and expanding my field you know, expanding that love, making that bubble around myself, you know, and there's there's deeper techniques that I use. That's the, probably the most simplest. You know, I've got to be anchored up there and anchored down there and then I can, you know, kind of embody more of my spirit. And, um, yeah, sorry, just say that to me again. What was the main thing you wanted to share? Um, you wanted me to express what does it look like when you're going through like an entity removal? Because I know when I've worked with clients, I, you and I work very differently. Um, and 
and, and perceive the world differently, which is the beautiful gift of having so many different facilitators is we all perceive and receive the world in such a different way. But when I've worked with, say, people with, um, I, I've worked with quite a few ice addicts and um, people that have ended up in um, like D ward and through um, mental health because of addiction. And then they've got all of these entities on them and I use like clearing I use like I guess what you would call clearing statements now I use light language and I um, kind of banish them away through my energetics and 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 pull and and remove them but how have you in your personal experience and how when you work with clients does that look when you're trying to shift an entity from someone's field yeah okay great that yeah I get it I get that now so um, you know, for, there's always a contract, you know, that's the beginning of, of you know, where did I sign up for this? Cause we always choose it, you know, it's a law of free will. So if we have these energies that are attached to us in some way, shape or form, we've agreed to it. You know, it's like contracting with the government. As soon as you get a license, you're part of the system, you know, birth certificate, it all starts from there. So, um, yeah, it's, it's going back to where those contracts are formed. And sometimes we don't even really need to know when or why. It's just choosing. You know, I break all contracts, vows, oaths and agreements I ever made with you in any lifetime, timeline, dimension or universe. You know, we are done, you know, and I release you and I send you back to the light preferably, but some don't want to go. They've chosen the dark and it's like, well, just you need to go back to where you came from, you know. So that's that's where most things always come back to, yeah. Yeah, that's super similar to the kind of statement and the intention and how powerful intention is of recognising that this was something that I agreed to, even though I did agree to it probably unconsciously or maybe when I don't remember and the power of taking your free will back and how I think this is why it's so important for people not to really fear I I feel for myself is not to fear these darker energies demonic energies entities or or um things that are with us in some form of attachment because they're always there to teach us something and it's also it's a choice to let go and I find with some of the people that I've worked with, with like really, really intense mental illness, they actually don't want to let go and they want to hold on to these different entities and they want to hold on to them because they bring them a sense of not feeling alone or they might bring um, in like a certain skill or a certain information source. And so they start to actually use these entities as an energy source themselves but there's so many different voices, energies, feelings that you can't be clear and grounded within yourself. Um, have you experienced any of that in your own personal journey? Yeah, I mean, I look, uh, yeah, I mean, there's definitely, you know, we have we have guides even, even you know, what comes up for me when you say that is, you know, sometimes we have guides that work through us when they're working spiritually and shamanically that, you know, are not of unconditional love you know, um, but they have all these beautiful gifts and stuff, then they can do a lot of really powerful work in clearing stuff. But there's always this kind of like, well, I'll do this for you and and I'm going to take this in return, you know. there's So it's important to know, you know, who we're working with at times and, um, 
the other thing that came up when you were sharing was, you know, if we're trying to clear any energy really, and we're in fear, it's not going to leave, you know, and <clears throat> I think this is how for me, it really comes back to that inner child stuff because, you know, sometimes it can be just our fear, but a lot of the times it's the fear of the child because the child is usually the one that holds on to these energies, you know, that it's, used for protection because we haven't been there for it or our parents haven't been there for it. And so therefore it's always this journey of like, Hey little one, I know you're there. I know you're scared, you know, but it's, I'm here for you now. And you know, it's time to let go of these energies. They're no longer serving us. And you know, that can be quite a process depending on how much trauma that child has experienced. You know, if, if it's something quite mild, it might be a really beautiful experience where, they're like, oh, you're here for me now and I can let go. And these energies just move, you know, with ease and grace. That hasn't been my experience. I haven't had many of them. You know, mine have been like, oh, I'm absolutely ter terrified and these energies get inside me and I can't get them out. And it's like, you know, I've just had to learn to hold that child and hold that child. There's not a day that goes by that I don't sit with my child, you know, on some level because of some experience and you know and some days that's in joy you know because I'm having uh, a beautiful pr profound experience that wasn't you know um, resonate didn't resonate with my childhood because it was total opposite you know and really embracing and, in and holding those those parts but um yeah if we're in any kind of fear it's 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 like I want you to leave You're coming from anger or fear it's like it's almost a no you know, it's not coming from love. So they just, they stick around because they know that they can feed off that fear. So yeah, finding love and compassion for ourselves, but also these beings, because these beings have forgotten who they are too. You know, like there, there are some beings that are like, I'm fucking working in the dark and that's who I am and I'm never going to fucking change, you know, but even some of the, the darkest beings I've said things to like, well, look inside your heart look inside the, the, the core of your heart and they kind of get a little bit of a shock and then you just keep saying that to them and they, they keep looking, they keep looking and they find the spark, spark of light that they are and they just, you know, transform back to the light, you know. So even the darkest of things, are all we all come from light. You know, everything is light. You know, it's just that a lot of beings and energies have forgotten that. So I find that really fascinating from the more um you know uh <laughs> the the veiled the the other dimensions that you're talking about working in and how that correlates to humanity and this separation of our own light you know with separation into our ego and how much we've forgotten the light through either many lifetimes and karmic and and who actually knows where it originated from but where it's like we just need to be reminded of the exact same thing that working with some of these dark energies are because they're just a reflection of those parts of ourselves as well and um i i felt like when when you talk about that you sit with your child and there is experiences where maybe there's more joy and it's more of a positive perceived experience. Is this like really just recognizing like, what is your self talk? How do you communicate to yourself in these moments of, of that recognition? 
of the joyous parts. Yeah, like is it does it come down to being, um, you know, you're so worthy of this um, amazing experience? Or like, what does that look like for people that don't know how to communicate with their inner child? And this is such a big part of your work. Um, how would you help people to start to recognize and to talk to those those parts? Yeah, beautiful. Thank you. Um, it's definitely um, a, a bit of a process in the beginning, but it, it is definitely something that every single person can do and I would encourage them to do on a regular basis, especially if you're someone who gets triggered a lot. You know, like if, if, if I get triggered, I'm like, I'll, the first thing I'll do is put my hand in my body where I'm experiencing that trigger. Now, I know it's probably a little bit different for everyone because... It may not be such a physical thing, it, it, but it'll still be emotion there, right? So, like, where am I feeling triggered? I'm like, oh, okay, just breathing into that space. And, you know, I just, hey, little one, I know you're there. I just want you to know I'm here for you and I love you and, you know, I'm here to support you. And and then just really waiting and, and it's like, what are you feeling right now, you know? And usually it's fear or it's terror or anger or, you know, whatever and just really allowing that response to come from the child, you know, and then saying, oh, I can really feel how angry you are. And sometimes there's no response from the child. They're just so scared, you know. So it's like, okay, I can really feel how terrified you are. And I just want you to know that I'm here to support you. I'm here to hold you. And and really just tuning in, like closing, closing the eyes and, and making this connection with the child. And depending on how your spiritual gifts are, you might have you know, very good vision, you know, your third eye might be a little bit more of your gift. And and so you might see this child like hiding in a corner or, you know, so depending on how you um, perceive these energies, then it's, you know, if the little child's seeing in the corner, so you can see yourself walking up to this child and, you know, just holding that child or asking that child, it's really important to actually treat it like a child. You know, so some children don't want to be touched when they're terrified and scared or angry or, you know, so it's like having this literal proper relationship with this part of yourself that's actually another being, you know, and, you know, through that journey, then the child will start to express what it is that it needs. And you can ask the child, you know, what is it that you need right now? You know, um, sorry, you know, the whole Pono is a beautiful you know, I love you, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you, you know, and I keep, I will say that over and over and over again to my child because, you know, what the child doesn't understand is that you're an older version of it, you know, the child just thinks you're the fucking parent that didn't show up, you know, Um, and so there's this process of integration that, that takes place over time where the more the child starts to trust us, um, the more it will share with us. And then we have these beautiful experiences where, you know, how, how I've learned to work is to create a sacred garden in my heart. And, you know, like all the children are kind of down in, in my lower, lower belly and, you know, base more so because that's where we hold a lot of our trauma. So that's usually where I experience them. And so, you know, I've created this sacred garden in my heart that's in this beautiful golden bubble of light and inside this sacred garden there's beautiful trees and swings and, you know, like um, 
there's colouring in and there's animals and, you know, there's everything that a child would want in this space. And, you know, inside that sacred garden is the energies of the Divine Mother and the energies of the Divine Father, not my mum and dad, but the Divine Mother and Father and, you know, all the Ascended Masters and all the, you know, ancestors that love us unconditionally. And and so when I, when I find a child, I, you know, I will bring that child up to that, to the outside of that bubble and, and I'll hold his hand and I'll say, look, inside this beautiful bubble in the sacred garden of my heart are, you know, all these beautiful things that are yours to experience from now until the end of time. And, you know, um, inside this bubble, there's nothing to experience other than unconditional love, you know, and joy. And, you know, when once you can get a child to that point where, you know, like he's he wants to go in, you know, he's not scared of you anymore. He's not holding on to any energies or, you know, he's just ready to like be fully integrated. Then, you know, you can kind of just take him there, show him or her and show them the inside of that garden or whatever it is you want to create for you. You know, it doesn't have to be a garden. It could be whatever you want, whatever that child wants, even more so important. Um, and, you know, then letting them know what's inside and, you know, and then like, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to open the door and let you in. But before we go into this space, you know, this is one thing that I do regularly too. It's like, you know, I need to ask you for the keys to the kingdom back, <laughs> you know, cause we give so much power and, um, a lot of the time we're so identified with our child that we think it's who we are and we're not separate from it, you know? And, and so that, that brings in another, another kind of point where, um, you know, the, just coming back slightly to when we're triggered, it's like, oh, I'm triggered. Okay. There's a part of me experiencing this, you know, cause if we're not saying it's a part of me, we're identifying with it and we are that child, you know, as soon as I say a part of me is experiencing this, there's something bigger than that that arises. You know, there's the observer, basically. Um, and so, yeah, when we have these children there, we like, it's, you know, can you hand over the keys to the kingdom? And, and I always make sure, because I know some of my shadow children are quite hectic, um, I'll say things like, and before you move into this sacred garden on my heart, we're going to release any energies, you know, or attachments that you've held on to for protection in my absence. Um before we move in. And sometimes there's a lot of the times you get them to that space, they're ready to go in. The attachments are kind of gone, but sometimes there's a few little sneaky ones that just need to drift away before, you know, cause we don't want any of those negative energies coming into our sacred heart. So, um, and then once the child's in there, you know, you can, there's an integration that happens and, and, uh, you know, like energy centers can align, like, you know, spiritual gifts can come in, like, soul fragments can return, you know, like we lose parts of our soul in these traumatic experiences and, and it can be so empowering and beautiful. And, and, um, yeah. And then there's always a conversation with the child, you know, like how often would you like me to visit you? You know, cause at some point when they're in the sacred garden of our heart, you know, we have to leave. So we want to make sure that the child's feeling safe in that space. And, you know, that he's maybe sitting on the divine mother's lap or, you know, he's playing sport or something with the Divine Father, like whatever it is that he or she wants to do is, 
you know, um, they're feeling safe and safe enough to trust us that when we leave, we will, we will return, you know? And so, yeah, that's, that's how I integrate fully, um, these, um, childlike parts of myself and these shadow child parts of ourselves, you know, cause there's like the inner child and then there's the shadow child, shadow children, you know, all these ones that kind of lurk in the background that, you know, are always feeling these things with other people's inner child. You know, sometimes you can be in a room with someone that you don't like, for example, you know, and, you know, your child's having this, you can feel the energies that are going on and there's all this stuff happening in the background and you're like, I don't like this person and, you know, all this um, orchestrated things that are happening that we're not conscious of but they're playing out in the room and sometimes there's entities that are attacking themselves because the children's, you know, pets are like, rah! And so, you know, all this stuff's going on and I feel all that stuff everywhere I go. So I'm quite sensitive to that kind of energy and, and a lot of people don't and that's that's fine. But that this has been my journey and so, um, yeah, it's just um, learning to integrate those parts of us. It's just like we are as adults, you know, like we operate from 5% of our conscious mind and the 95% is the subconscious that is <clears throat> flowing through us, whether we like it or not, you know? And, and so it's very similar with the inner children, you know, you've got this beautiful, innocent, um, child full of joy and spontaneity, but then you've got the shadow aspects of that, that are, you know, like little gremlins, you know, so, um, it's, it's, it's a journey and, it, and it's definitely been uh, a wild ride for me. And, and, you know, I'm super excited about any kind of work that I do with people. I mean, even in, in my breathwork sessions, I learned, I learned in my shamanic healing that, um, you know, when I was reading people, the guides, you know, I was working with people and the guides are working on them that, sometimes I wouldn't get any information from the person and I'd, I'd make it about me and I'd think, oh, I'm blocked, my guides are, you know, there's something about me here. But actually, it's their shadow children that are blocking the information coming through because those shadow children don't want to leave and they don't want to lose their attachments. And, and so I learned through that journey that even now when I work with people with breath work or um, kind of more so shamanic breath work, but at the start of the journey, it will be like, okay, well, let's, let's call in the guides and let's call in the four directions and let's bring some energy and protection in. And then let's do an inner child guided meditation before we even go into breath, you know, cause what I've learned is that if there is, uh, no safety there for that child, if that child's not feeling safe, you can, you can do the deepest trauma breath possible and you will release a lot of the energy that's with it. But those attachments can stick around and I've seen it. I've seen it firsthand because when I first started doing breath work, I would do these journeys and I, I wouldn't do the inner child kind of safety um, container at the start. And we'd, all this energy would leave and then I'd be sitting there with the client after it and they're like, oh, I can still feel this and I can still feel that. And I'm like, yeah, I can feel it too. And then I'd tune into it and it was like there'd be all these contracts and past life stuff. And, you know, so it's like, and, and sometimes we still need to clear that as well, you know, but it's always going to, energy is always going to leave a hell of a lot easier if before a breathwork session, 
there's a connection made with the client's inner child and that child's feeling safe and they're in a golden bubble and they're in the sacred container of the heart and, you know, it just, it opens up a space for a lot deeper healing. So, yeah. Yeah, that really resonates from a, on a personal journey. Like, you know, I've been doing this work in my own experience and with clients as well, but when I started doing breath work, I had the ability that I could actually, you know, when those things were coming up and I could feel that blocking and I could feel that not wanting to release and not wanting to let go of the attachments and holding on and like choking and, you know, the resistance in my body that I had the ability to speak to those parts of myself um, at those times and, you know, it's safe to let go and this no longer serves you and whatever I've had to speak to in my mind. But having had maybe that done before I went into a breathwork session um, that may have opened up an easier release for me you know because then I'm less actually in my in my own conscious mind of like self-soothing parenting myself in a breathwork journey Mm. because it's already been a container that's created that's safe for me to go oh that's all right I'm like safe held and I don't have to hold on to these parts anymore um and I know um that it, it's if we don't speak to those parts they really do hold on like that that part of our you know whether you call them fragmented self or inner child or or disassociated personalities like there's so many different things it ultimately does come down to just the um the fearful and and scared parts that are deep within if we don't actually acknowledge them then and we don't see them and witness them and hold them you uh, for me I know I haven't been able to release them any other way Mm. Um, and that's something that came to me when you were sharing that was another um a pearl of wisdom that could be shared with people going into their own breathwork sessions, you know, cause I'm, I'm guilty of it myself that I can go and sit in, in other sessions where other people are facilitating and, and just go, okay, well, I'm just going to breathe into this. And I know at some point I'm going to let go of my mind. And, and sometimes that happens and sometimes it doesn't cause I'm doing the inner work while I'm breathing at the same time, you know, but, um, it's it's a beautiful thing to before any deep kind of um, breathwork journey is to like really connect with your own inner child. And I really look forward to this to sharing this with the groups that I run and facilitate because I don't see anybody else doing that. And I know how super important that is. And so yeah, even just going into my own journeys and just going, hey, little one, I just want you to know that we're safe and you know, bringing that child that's there that might be feeling a bit anxious because they're scared of letting go of these emotions and these energies that have kept them safe for such a long time. You know, some some children are so comfortable in anger. Some children are so comfortable in sorrow, you know, that they don't want, yeah. So, yeah, um, I relate. And so um, just creating that safety before I go into even my own journeys and and other people can do the same thing that there will be a lot deeper easier release you know things don't have to be so difficult you know I think we make them that way yeah 
Yeah, I definitely like totally agree with what you're saying. And when you talk about, you know, some children and some people are comfortable in a certain energy, also identifying that because like I am really comfortable being in pain and sadness. For me, it's really easy to drop into pain and sadness. But the things that I'm really uncomfortable being is powerful, angry, strong. So when I am in, say, a breathwork journey, and if I can quite easily go into the to the tears and 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 cry and do all of the emotional stuff from that way, and I'm like, yeah, I'm releasing, I'm doing the work, but if I'm not aware that that's my go-to, then I'm still in a place of avoidance because if anger comes up, it's like, oh yeah, well, under anger is pain anyway. So yeah. you can, you know, you can distract yourself from what's actually going on because you're not really willing to see or go into what is really there for you. Um, So I think that's really important to have an understanding of, okay, what is my comfortable emotions, my uncomfortable emotions? What are my triggers? Like, and what what do I do? Like, what is my response when I am triggered so that you can start to bring awareness to the parts and and start to witness them, observe them, talk to them, and start to change that behavior. Yeah, I, that's beautiful because I I do that too. Like you know, in breathwork journeys, I'm like, oh, and I notice that sometimes I'll before I go into the session, I'm like, fuck, there's a lot of anger here. Like I'm I'm really going to scream this out, and then I'll start in the breath and I'll go into the breath, and sometimes I get to the anger, and other times I'm like, oh, the sadness starts coming, and I'm like, oh, okay, let's just go with the sadness. But it's like. Did I just skip a bit? Like, am I fucking spiritual bypassing here? Like, and I think that's common. And I think um, from from sitting in spaces and facilitating in spaces with, you know, like up to 100, 150 people in there, you know, out of all of those people, there might only be one, two or three that are actually screaming, you know. Most of the others are crying or they're journeying or, you know, whatever. Um, but the, the ones that really get angry, there's only really a few of them, you know? Um, so I, I feel that, I think that's a common thread, you know? I think that's definitely an, an easier option for a lot of people, you know? And I'm definitely guilty of that myself. And we'll take note of that next time I go into a, my own breathwork journey to just go, okay, what am I resisting here, you know? Um, it reminded me of... of um, that that first time I had plant medicine, um, before my Kundalini awakening, I spent all this time in like pure darkness. I asked to be shown my ancestral line and, and I just, it was so much dark energy there. And I think I was in it for like two or three hours and I sat up like we were lying around a fire and I sat up and I was like, Oh my God, like, is this real? And then I felt my body just rest back into it like it was comfortable there. And then that was even more of a shock because I was like, hang on a minute. Like that's not, I'm not fucking choosing that. But my my body and my system was, you know. So we are super conditioned, you know, through our experiences, our our upbringing um, and even past life stuff um, to move away from things that aren't comfortable. You know, because it's protection, it's protecting us, you know. And so 
I can feel you want to speak into something. Uh, yeah, because I was like, this, this, this part around the um, being conditioned and having a certain way. And when you said that some people in the big groups, you know, some, they'll either be journeying or they'll be crying or whatever, the part around journeying. So this is something that I've started to really notice in my awareness and working with people that they'll drop in deep or they'll journey really um, expansively out also as a spiritual bypassing to what's actually in the body um and that um that there can be a justification of that because it's seen as being quite a spiritual experience and so it's it's not seen as actually being a distraction from what could be released in the body what are your thoughts on that oh look i i i can relate to that because i I had some energy um, that I needed to shift the other day and um, it was quite intense and I was in the breath and they call it breath work for a reason because you got to work, you know. It's not like you take 10 breaths and then you journey and you drift off, you know. Like it's continuously breathing into that somatic energy and like bringing that prana and that life force into the cells so that there's nowhere left to go for that energy other than to leave you know, um, and I found myself the other day like breathing into this part and it was so tight and so, you know, that I breathed and breathed and breathed and I was like, fucking this isn't, this isn't going anywhere. I'm stopping the breathing now and then I just went on this journey, you know, because it was, if I was in a, if I was in a space with, you know, someone that was facilitating with me, um, I would have kept pushing, you know, but I find it a little bit more difficult to really push myself when I'm breathing for myself, you know? So I can, I can relate to um, using journeying as a way of really staying what's present with what's present in the body and, and, you know, sitting with the uncomfortability of what that is, you know? And I also fully connected with, you know, it is easier to like, go into the sadness than to really fucking speak to that rage or speak from that rage, you know? It's like where, you know, we talk about being afraid of the dark and a lot of people are afraid of their shadows and the dark and stuff, but I think more so we're afraid of our light, you know, because through the darkness we find our light, you know, and and um, I know that's definitely been, you know, like really standing in, and, and I, and it's, I don't even, light doesn't even fit. Like it's, you know, it's true power, you know, that, that spirit of, of Christ consciousness, of source consciousness, you know, there is so much information, wisdom and power in that, um, energy that, um, if, if you're not of like a high vibration, you can't hold it, you know? So it's, it's, um, yeah, it's it's all seeing, right? So when we connect with that energy, we can see all these darker and shadow parts of ourselves really easily. And um, embracing that light means we have to face what no longer serves us. And yeah, really standing in that light and, and standing in our power is, is a journey on its own for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, in relation to the shamanic work that you do do, um, can you explain what shamanic work is for anyone who hasn't heard of it and hasn't already got the gist of it through this conversation of what 
what what makes shamanic work shamanic work beautiful well um what i what i have my my experience with that is you know working shamanically is working with like the, the shaman is the window you know the, the window between the worlds so you know behind the veil you've got spirit and all that spirit is and all the different dimensions and then on this side you've got this 3d reality and that the shaman becomes the 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 window so that you know he can see into the spirit worlds and into these other dimensions and and bring through guides that will work in the physical but they're actually working in spirit and so you know when we do shamanic healing it's not us doing the healing it's the guides that come through and and bring through this information and healing and sometimes it's the ancestors sometimes it's the ascended masters sometimes it's the angels sometimes it's you know interdimensional beings that that you can't even really put words to it's sometimes it's just um frequency you know it's just sound it's light it's color it's you know the spirit the spirit realm is all that and more you know, and even just like I'm trying to understand that can it's quite a complex thing because it's it's not physical. You know, anything is possible in in spirit. So, um, yeah. So I feel like um, that might help some people understand what shamanic work is. You know, and there's a lot of ceremony that 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 comes through with that, and and a, a lot of you know ancient. Um, cultures that have used these ceremonies for long periods of time they're they're quite connected to that spirit realm and so you know from spirit these gifts and i think everything comes from spirit you know it's like the yogis downloaded yoga you know <laughs> like everything gets downloaded and it all comes from spirit you know in some way shape or form and and it's the same when we're when we're holding space for the healing to happen for clients you know like spirit comes in and and spirit shows you what this person needs through their higher self and our higher self. And then, you know, this healing takes place. And, um, you know, a lot of the stuff that's going on is not seen by the naked eye, you know, might be seen by the third eye, but not, you know, visually with, with the naked eye. So, um, although some people do have that gift where they can see energy with their eyes open, which is beautiful. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my kind of take on it. Thank you. It's um, it's really beautiful to hear that, um, because it resonates a lot. Even though I tend to not, obviously, my interpretation up until you sharing that um has been a lot that it is around the spirit, but it's more of like the earthly realms of more this sort of like uh, the underworlds and um, this idea that it's not so coming from the divine which I'm not sure how I've made that understanding but I felt like it's very much like shamanic work is very earthbound um practice for for the physical um you know the ancestors and the people that have lived here before and I've never really looked at it as is it something that is I don't know is it is it only an a thing in the physical representation or is it just the way that I'm seeing it? Is that making sense? Yeah. Well, sometimes we have, you know, sometimes look, I know some people, they, they come in and they've done so much 
work in the higher realms. You know, it's like we have the higher worlds, the middle worlds and the lower worlds, you know, like the underworld. And so um, you've got the lower vibrational stuff, you've got the level kind of stuff and you've got this higher vibrational stuff. And some of us come with gifts that we've spent so many lifetimes in the light that we come in with these, you know, high vibrational energies and gifts that we work with and we don't connect with energies from the underworld or the middle world. We're just up there, you know, and then there's others that come in from the underworld that have got all these dark energies that, you know, work with, with that kind of medicine and, you know, everything's medicine, everything's learning and, and, and yeah, and it's just, maybe that's been part of your journey in the past, you know, the earthly realms and, um, I'm sure there's other stuff there too. I'm sure that will be unlocked with time. Yeah. Um, in relation to the work that you provide, Jules, where, how can people get in touch with you? How can they, if they feel the resonance to either book you for group breath work or what is it that you can provide um, as a facilitator in your shamanic work for people and where, where can I yeah. do Beautiful. Thank you. So um, there's a few different uh, healing offerings that I have. Um, I do one-on-one shamanic healing. Um, I do group shamanic healing, shamanic work in ceremonial space. Um, I do breath work, shamanic breath work, which could be for one person one-on-one or groups of three or, you know, as we're going to do moving forward for larger groups, co-facilitating, um, you know, I do inner child integration healings, um, also available for one-on-one kind of spiritual guidance, coaching. Um, yeah, so I can be found on, uh, my business name is Unifying Consciousness. Um, you can find me on Instagram um, and you can find me under Jules Uteki um, or Shamanic Intuitive on Facebook. And my... Um, website which will be up very soon is uh, www.unifyingconsciousness.org beautiful awesome thank you for such an enlightening broad um, conversation I personally was like oh I'm learning lots of things like we have a nice personal relationship and um, I still felt like I got to have a window of like expansion into the world of how you do your offerings. And um, it was really insightful for me. So I'm sure that the people listening would have found a lot of tools and insights on how to start working on their own healing journey. Um, so thank you so much for your time and your wisdom. Thank you. It's, it's, it's always a pleasure to share what's inside of me because I feel like I carry a lot of information and I haven't really been putting it out there into the public and it's been beautiful to sit and share this knowledge and wisdom with you today and look forward to working more closely with you in the future. Yeah, definitely. I'm so excited and now I'm actually going to go for a breath work. So thank you so much. Um, Thank you for everyone watching the Finding or listening, watching and listening, the Finding Union podcast, Universal Truth podcast. And please, if you enjoy this content and you resonate, like and follow, follow the creators, the guests, the hosts, um, and support our 
purpose and our work in bringing the consciousness of humanity up into more unity. All right. I love you and have a beautiful day.